Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. We have a full room today. I'm here today with Chelsea and Chris here. <laughs> and Lexi. I think you, we've all been on before, right? You've been on yeah. before? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. All right. So no introductions necessary today. We just assume that you remember from whenever just that was. Just a lot of hot air. Just, just, just get right to the Listen to every single episode up to this point. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's why we do this. <laughs> it is God's Whole Story. Right. <laughs> just did a promo to invite people to jump in right now. Oh, great. Welcome. Go back and listen some more. Um, no offense. We get that you listen at different times, and that's wonderful. Cool. Um, we are doing the New Testament today. This so is the excited. New Testament. Welcome to the New Testament. So um, let's set this up a little bit. Yes. Um, okay. So there are 400 years of what we call silence between the last book of the Hebrew Old Testament and... Um, Matthew, which is our first book of the New Testament. Um, but it's important to know that it's not 400 years of nothing happening. There's like, there's so much happening and a lot of it is violent and there's a lot of unrest. And once again, as we like enter the stage here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, we see the Israelites or the Jews living under oppression again. Once again, <laughs> these guys can't get out from under oh, it. Oh man. <laughs> um, but this, so we have gone through the Persian Empire. In between all that, the Greeks took over, and then now the Romans are in control. So as we are entering into the time of Jesus' birth and what's happening here, we know that the Romans are the, – the Roman Empire is the empire in control right now. Um, I would love to know if one of you could talk about the Gospels and the authors, because we are going to jump around in the Gospels a lot the next few months. Just like – sometimes it's like every other verse we're jumping in Gospels. <laughs> That's actually like cool and not at the same time. Because <laughs> you could do you could do uh, just like a long time just on each author. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so it's very cool that we're going to get the story as it unfolds. I'm very excited about experiencing the New Testament that way. Yeah. Um, but there is a little bit missed in that we can't be like, okay, here's how Mark wrote. Here's how Matthew wrote. Here's how Luke wrote. Hmm. Yeah. And they did. They all had different uh, perspectives. They had different audiences. And so sometimes even like today, we're going to see two accounts of a genealogy and we look at those two and some people actually say, well, that's why the Bible isn't true because these don't match, but they were written for completely different audiences. They were for different purposes. Um, you know, Matthew is a, a gospel that really focuses on the Jewish audience. So he's going to do tons of Old Testament connections. He's going to show how so much of what was in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Christ doesn't mean other people can't learn from it, but Matthew's focused on a Jewish audience. Mark is a Gentile audience, a Roman audience, so they want to know about power and action. And so you've got lots of action here, uh, miracles, things happening. Luke is our historian, so he's probably the most accurate, the most detailed. Notice his genealogy is quite a bit more detailed. (laughs) Extensive. (laughs) Um, But he writes to a Gentile audience. So his genealogy wants to make sure that people know that Jesus connects all the way back to Adam, that he is the savior of all humanity, not just the Jewish people. And then you've got John that is probably the most different of all the Gospels. John is a lot more, he's like the, the music video. He's like the, the movie. He's, <laughs> he's the conceptual, thematic guy. He's, his Gospel is not chronological, but it's making various points along the way. Yeah. Um, and so we've got, you know, four very different perspectives on the same thing. Uh, and so that's why sometimes there's things skipped. Some, 
uh, things looked at slightly differently. Uh, but altogether, we do get it, the full recorded picture of Jesus's life. Yeah. And specifically in Matthew's genealogy, um, he's really focusing on the royal ancestry, like that Jesus has royal claim to the throne. As you go through this genealogy, you see all these names of these kings that we are all like, this guy's the worst, but still it's in the genealogy of Jesus. He is from the king, the line of King David. It says it right there in the text. So drawing attention to the fact that Jesus is Messiah and King. Um, but yeah, what else stuck out to you guys in the actual reading today? Cause I love this stuff, but also we read the Bible. <laughs> talk about that too. (laughs) Well, kind of just going off of the genealogy, it's, I love reading it all, even though it's like, can be daunting to (laughs) look at it. Um, It's just really powerful to look at and see like how perfect God's plan is. And it just like is the like roadmap when you look at it, you're like, wow, it all connects. And so I just always appreciate it that. And I think if people easily skip over and they're like, oh, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of names, but it's so intentional. And you're just like, wow, all these stories, like all these people, like it's a perfect set out plan that God has. And yeah, I just really appreciate the genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note with the genealogies, just take note of uh, specifically in Matthew, the way that Matthew makes a point of recognizing significant women in a genealogy. This mm-hmm. is not common of yeah, I did circle them. Uh, royal <laughs> genealogies. Uh, so again, on the note of like, God actually cares a ton about women and actually mm-hmm. shifts. You'll see this happen even more in the new Testament um, where that culture's perception of women is going to shift significantly uh, in favor of supporting and empowering women. Uh, and not only does Matthew call out women in his genealogies, he calls out women who would not necessarily have been <laughs> awesome, not model citizens. faithful models, <laughs> citizens. Yeah. Um, but they're also like really compelling characters. You, you have Rahab in there. Uh, you have Bathsheba in there. Um, it's just, it's, it's actually really important to note because it is laying a foundation of how much that Christianity specifically is going to support and uphold women. Mm. Yeah. Good. You know, one of the things I love today, too, is our first day of the New Testament here, it takes us back to our first day of the Old Testament as well. Mm. And, you know, the, the verse in John, when it talks about the word coming and becoming human and making his home among us, dwelling with us. And it's like there's these echoes of the way God intended things to be, that God and man were meant to be together. You know, we see, we saw that in the garden. We saw it's kind of glimpses of it at different times with the temple. And we're just immediately, we're drawn back into the very beginning of the story of what this was all about. It was about God having a relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus is going to be the fulfillment uh, of the ability to do this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think is reading it this way, like those words, just like it takes you right back to those kind of those readings and, and the journey we've been on. Mm-hmm. Um, something that stood out to me is just recognizing the incarnation of God. So God in the flesh is what that means. So Jesus came to the earth and says in verse 14 of John one. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Well, where have you heard those descriptive words of unfailing love and faithfulness before a million times in the old Testament describing God, the father. Um, and here he is. He's where the world has come face to face with God. And that's Jesus. Um, I just think it's so, so amazing. I'm just very excited about the fact that we read all of this and now it's finally we post, here. We should post a picture of how big Chelsea's smile is. 
She's very excited. <laughs> um, yeah, just a point off of that, like a lot of the time people are like, well, it's so hard to have a relationship with God because you can't see him. Um, so just the fact that like God is the word and you can have a relationship with God by like this book is living. It's it's him, like who God is. And Jesus is the the physical form of the unseen God. And it's just like, it's, it's hard because it still looks, it feels different than a relationship with just another human being. But just the fact that like, uh, this is this is who he is, and it's all right in front of us. Mm-hmm. It's like when you think about like a relationship with another person, you don't just like take yourself and like throw like this is all who I am, but like <laughs> this is this is God, and yeah. like shows his love for us, and it's all right there in front of us, and we have access to it, mm-hmm. and it's just an incredible thing. Like that is just that's crazy to me. Talk yeah. about vulnerability. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we also get into the story of the birth of John the Baptist, or I guess really it's John the Baptist foretold. <laughs> Did anything stick out to you guys in that story about Zechariah and Elizabeth? Gabriel shows up again. Good old Gabriel. Who's that guy? Last time we saw him, he was with Daniel. I mean... <laughs> he's got a lot to do. <laughs> he's, he's like, it's been 400 years. <laughs> I should probably. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Yeah, he appears to Zechariah, and Zechariah does not believe him, which I feel kind of bad because I'm like, I would also be like, hey, are you sure? And then I would also <laughs> Can you be imagine being on. that bold to an angel? She's like, no, no, I don't think so. And the angel's like, dude. <laughs> this is my job. <laughs> like, I'm an angel. Uh, so there is significance in that, though. Chris was talking to that a little bit when we, um, in between recordings, though, that like Gabriel shows up in Daniel. This is what these people were reading, like through these years of silence, they were reading Daniel. So it's actually pretty significant that Gabriel Yeah, Zachariah would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I noticed just in Luke 1, this description of who uh, who John the Baptist is going to be, it points back to Malachi. Um, we talked about, I guess it was the last episode that we talked about Malachi pointing ahead to John the Baptist. He's going to have the spirit of Elijah. Literally uses the same words. He'll turn the hearts of fathers toward their children. Um, so this is this prophet that they've been waiting for as well. Um, so pretty amazing. If you think of Luke as the historian, so he has a a unique awareness of the scriptures. And so he's, um, making a point to include a ton of detail. He actually uses several, uh, key passages from key scriptures. If you look at, um, uh, he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom. Will, uh, well, I started too late. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That's actually old Testament language as well. Mm, I think yeah. from Jeremiah. Is that Jeremiah? I'm not remembering the exact place, but he's, he's going to explain a lot more to his audience mm-hmm. and not just assume that they'll make those connections because they weren't Jewish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, also, uh, the Jesus storybook Bible. <laughs> I love that Bible. I love, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's what we read to our kids. But I love the story of Mary in that Bible because Mary is like, how can this be? And the angel's like, is anything too hard for God? And I always read this to my kids a lot. <laughs> it's like a good thing to remember. Is anything too hard for God? Hmm. Nope. <laughs> well, I also just think it's super cool that like John was born in like the just the the parallel of like uh, like Jesus was born in like impossible circumstances 
I mean, the most impossible circumstances. <laughs> but then, like, John the Baptist is, like, born, of, like, in a similar way. Right, yeah. In similar in, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> it's just cool. It's yeah. just cool to me. Yeah. Um, you ever think John was yeah. like, hey, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> Hard to be the lesser cousin. Like, I, was, I was a miracle too, guys. <laughs> like, just crush over that. <laughs> Mark 1 1. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Luke 1 verse 1. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. John chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that He created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but the birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He he has revealed God to us. Matthew chapter 1. This is the record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiachin and his brothers born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiachin was the father of Shealtiah. Shealtiah was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abud. Abud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Ekim. Ekim was the father of Eliad. Eliad was the father of Eliezer. 
Eliezer was the father of Matan. Matan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who was called the Messiah. All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Luke 3.23 Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Heli. Heli was the son of Matat. Matat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Melchi. Melchi was the son of Janai. Janai was the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Matthias. Matthias was the son of Amos. Amos was the son of Nahum. Nahum was the son of Esli. Esli was the son of Negai. Negai was the son of Meth. Meth was the son of Matthias. Matthias was the son of Simeon. Simeon was the son of Josek. Josek was the son of Jodah. Jodah was the son of Jonan. Jonan was the son of Resa. Resa was the son of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the son of Sheatil. Sheatil was the son of Neri. Neri was the son of Melki. Melki was the son of Adi. Adi was the son of Kosum. Kosum was the son of Elmadim. Elmadim was the son of Ur. Ur was the son of Joshua. Joshua was the son of Eliezer. Eliezer was the son of Joram. Joram was the son of Matat. Matat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Simeon. Simeon was the son of Judah. Judah was the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jonam. Jonam was the son of Eliakim. Eliakim was the son of Malia. Malia was the son of Mena. Mena was the son of Metata. Metata was the son of Nathan. Nathan was the son of David. David was the son of Jesse. Jesse was the son of Obed. Obed was the son of Boaz. Boaz was the son of Salmon. Salmon was the son of Nashan. Nashan was the son of Aminadab. Aminadab was the son of Admin. Admin was the son of Arni. Arni was the son of Hezron. Hezron was the son of Perez. Perez was the son of Judah. Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. Abraham was the son of Terah. Terah was the son of Nahor. Nahor was the son of Sarug. Sarug was the son of Ru. Ru was the son of Peleg. Peleg was the son of Eber. Eber was the son of Shelah. Shelah was the son of Canaan. Canaan was the son of Arphaxax. Arphaxax was the son of Shem. Shem was the son of Noah. Noah was the son of Lamech. Lamech was the son of Methuselah. Methuselah was the son of Enoch. Enoch was the son of Jared. Jared was the son of Mahalalel. Mahalalel was the son of Canaan. Canaan was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. Luke 1, verse 5. When Herod was king of Judah, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. 
Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized that from his gestures and his silence, he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.